on the topic of commitment to abstinence. So my name is Carol. I am a compulsive reader. Hi, Carol. And usually I obsess about this before, like for days and days and days, and I have a thousand different speeches go through my head, and today I didn't have any, none, zero, so this is going to be a big surprise. <laughs> but let me just say, I am a compulsive reader. Oh, and I did bring some pictures. I have pictures from when I from before, when I just thought I was huge, when I wasn't, and then I have pictures from when I was huge and I didn't know I was. So, um, so yeah, so uh, just quickly, my history is food was always super important to me, super important. Like, all of my memories revolve around what was eaten. All the holidays, all the, you know, favorite events had, food was like the main thing that I focused in on. And of course, I, I had friends and family and all that, but the food was like the exclamation point on any given day. Um, I wasn't overweight, but I was always a big eater. And I was I grew fast. So I was like the second tallest in the class. And thank God for Rosemary Richardson, who was the tallest. And um, so I always felt like I was out of step, out of place. My clothes didn't fit right. My sh I didn't. I couldn't buy regular shoes. Still can't buy regular. Sh I mean, I can buy men's shoes. So anyway, so I never could dress cute, which you know. So it set up a bunch of body image stuff. But um, but it wasn't too bad. But it was there. It was there. So I I just mentioned that because some people don't have. Some people, that's their main thing is the body image, and I just want to say that even if we are overweight or underweight, most of us have some level of body image stuff going on. So, But, yeah, so I didn't really get overweight until I was, um, well, when I was in my early teens, I, I decided to um, take up being a hippie, and then I didn't like being a hippie, so because I didn't like the feeling of drugs, so I started drinking, and I drank a lot. I drank a lot in 10 years, <laughs> enough to get me into AA when I was in my early 20s. And luckily I did, and I came in, and I didn't know that um, it was an option to drink again once you came in. Mm -hmm. I just, I knew that if you had to go to AA, you could never drink again. So for me, it was like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I don't need to go there. But once I came, it's like, okay, I'm never going to drink again. And luckily I haven't had to in like 38 years or 39 years. So, but right away, as soon as I put down the drink, I picked up my first friend, which was food. And I, within, I think it was about six months I gained probably 15 or 20 pounds, which now looking back on it doesn't seem like a lot, but at the time it seemed like a huge amount. And when you're, you know, when you're smaller sizes too, like you don't have to gain a lot to get into the next size. I learned later that you can gain and lose like 40 or 50 pounds and still stay in one size when they get really big. But, um, but that was not the case then. So I, anyway, right away my sponsor in AA said, because I complained to her about my food and my eating and this and that, and she's like, I can't really help you with this, but my best friend is, goes to OA. Why don't you talk to her? Well, are you kidding me? I did not ever talk to her, but I did go to OA. 
And I would tr- I tried it, and what I heard people say at the time, it was during the gray sheet era, I heard people say that you do, um, all I heard was you don't eat sugar that's and flour. That was the main thing I heard. I'm sure they said a lot of other things, but that's what I heard. And I said to myself, if I can go without eating sugar, then I don't have to go to these meetings. So I spent about the next two or three years trying to figure out how to not eat sugar. And I found some ways, and it worked for me. It would work for me if, if I truly didn't eat it. Um, I, I do like to mention that I didn't, I could not get off sugar completely until I made the connection with corn for me, because most of the sugar I ate was um, corn syrup flavored or whatever. <laughs> um, a friend of mine pointed out that if I went to the movies and I had the corn product there, that I would be eating sugar within a day or two. So um, that was really helpful because finally I was able to stop it when I made that connection. But I mean, I didn't use the, I didn't have a program for my food, and um, so it was a back and forth, back and forth kind of thing. Like I would go several months, um, and then I would um, find an exception. You know, like there's always those little, they they were coming out with fruit juice sweetened. Um, there were a lot of things I experimented with and found out didn't work for me. Um, there were um, just a lot of things. So I would go for periods of time, and I saw that I got sane when I wasn't eating it. I didn't. I lost weight. I felt healthy. I didn't have the huge hangovers every day that I had from sugar. But I still had weird eating habits, and I wasn't addressing what was going on underneath, which is my feelings. And I, I just, I never really got to the things that were affecting my eating, I could stay sober, okay, but the things that are affecting my eating, I wasn't, I never really worked on for a long time. So, you know, fast forward a couple decades, huge weight gain, huge weight loss, huge weight gain, huge weight loss, I would go to Weight Watchers, it would work for a while, but then um, they would say, you can have 100 calorie snack every day, and of course that was supposed to be a, a treat, a sugary snack, is how I took it, and I could not, once I started, I could not, could not um, do without it. So, so, um, I decided I was never going to go to OA again, because they brainwashed me into thinking I was powerless over food. And, you know, why I accepted this hook, line, and sinker from AA, I don't know, that to me it made perfect sense there, but in the food department it it didn't make sense at all. Um, and I remember I was walking with a friend one day, and I said, I am never going back to OA. That is a crazy program. It's blah, blah, blah. I was just, I was adamant. And then about a week later, I, I got this idea in my head, you know, why don't you try OA again? <laughs> As if I'd never thought of it before. It's just the weirdest thing how our minds, it, there was like a loophole, and I grabbed it. And I went to a meeting, and I wasn't, I said, just, you just have to listen. You don't have to do it. Just listen. So I went, and I listened, and I felt, unlike the first time I'd gone back in the 80s, I felt like, oh, my God, these are my people. But I still wasn't, you know, I still went and binged after the meeting. I wasn't ready to give it up. But I think I only did, like, I would only go to one meeting a week, and I think I only went to one or two more before, um, 
before I got clean from sugar. And somebody after the meeting talking to me at the literature table said, is there one thing you'd be willing to do differently to, for today? And I'm like, well, I could try to not eat sugar today. And that was like, what, 15 years ago. I haven't eaten sugar in its um, recreational form <laughs> since then. And, and it was hard. I mean, I remember I was on my way to a vacation, and um, I remember watching my partner sit across the table, watching her eat the dessert, and I just sat on my hands, kind of rocked. <laughs> but I didn't give myself any other limitations at first. It was like, because that I knew was heroin to me. I knew how bad it was. So I stopped that, and um, I just kept coming to meetings. I got a sponsor. And um, she started me working 10 steps right away so that I could, because for me the missing piece was I had no idea what my feelings were. I had no idea what made me eat. I had no idea what was ever going on with me at a given time or moment. And so writing those 10 steps really got me, um, and sharing it with her. She would have me write it and then call her the next morning and read it to her. She wasn't as big about the food plan. She wanted to hear those tent steps. And I'll tell you, I was terrified because I, I was in a long-term committed relationship, but I was not honest with anybody about my emotional landscape. I just, I wasn't honest with myself, so how could I be honest with anyone else? So I would read these to her, and I was certain that she would, when she heard the venom I had about my partner, that she would say, you have a terrible relationship, you should get divorced, or break up, or whatever. We weren't legally married then. But, um, but she would say things like, wow, it sounds like you have a healthy relationship. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> or she'd say, it sounds like you're taking, you're doing, I was helping take care of my mother-in-law who had Alzheimer's at the time. Anyway, so she would be like complimentary and tell me things that were nice, and I was like, oh, this isn't so scary to talk to someone because I was really scared of being honest with somebody. So anyway, um, that's how it started. And it's, and the whole, you know, many years later, I, and because of my AA, I knew how important service was. So service is a huge thing for me. I've always made sure to have a commitment at a meeting or at some, at various levels, um, because it's, it's super helpful. And um, then when I got a little time under my belt, I started to sponsor, and I find that to be very helpful, very rewarding, because I can feel love and compassion for these people who that I have trouble giving to myself. And it then it, but then eventually it does translate. It's like, oh well, if they can, that's not a terrible thing that that person's doing. So I can translate it to myself that I'm deserving of love too, and love for myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, this whole thing, I mean, I guess over time I've lost, I don't even know how many pounds now, a lot of weight. I used to be less. I gained some of it back. In the last um, year I've lost another 10 pounds because I gave up the rice cakes <laughs> on 12-12 <laughs> at, at the 12 step within day. I made the announcement and I haven't had those since. And, um... So, I mean, it, for me, it's about, the food part is about identifying those behaviors that are problematic, 
and looking at them and usually testing and testing and testing and testing and then giving them up on the, on the food side. On the um, emotional and spiritual side, um, you know, these tenth steps or talking honestly with another human being is good for the emotional side. And then in the last year, I've always been, uh, I've always had trouble with the God issue. I go back and forth on it. But what's happened is in the last, since April, I, I've been meditating twice a day. And I still am very vague about the God thing. But what I've got is that um, I have a commitment to my own spirit, put it that way. And what I've learned from sitting and meditating is in the same way that it was helpful to have another person to accept me, I'm getting a deeper and deeper level of self-acceptance in the meditation. And and it's really it's really surprising cuz usually I'm just sitting there hearing myself, you know, go through my to-do list or there's just all kinds of random thoughts and usually that's all it is and then I'm like, okay, it's good, it's over. And <laughs> But even in spite of it not being some blissed out experience, it's super helpful to me. And I have to say that in the past week or so, I've had a couple of blissful experiences where I'm like, oh no, it's over already? And I'm hoping for a few more of those. But, um, you know, it's just interesting how it, it all evolves. The food plan evolves, the emotional stuff evolves, the spiritual stuff evolves, and... Um, and I'm just so grateful. And for people who are new, it is each of us has a slightly different path here. It's not like you put down, you put the plug in the jug, and then you're recovered, which is a much easier way to do it. But um, most of us have different types of issues with food. Some people, I mean, most of us can't tolerate some the junk food, the sweets. There's kind of a ground, but but some people can eat those things, and they have. You know, the people who are bulimic or eating disorder in a different way, it's, it's the, so don't get caught up on the food plan. You need to work with the sponsor and find the food plan that is right for you. Each of us has to find our own plan. But um, the whole point is, as it says here, you know, that we work towards um, not being a compulsive, not compulsive eating and work towards a healthy body weight, whether that's to gain weight or to lose weight. And or to just maintain. So, twenty six seconds. <laughs> I like that big clock. <clears throat> so I think that's all because um, otherwise I'll go off on a tangent. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs>